Hi, Nora. Hi, Kath. Nora, you found an amazing website that I didn't know existed. Yeah, I don't even remember how I found out about it. I mentioned it on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, Femoculus. Oh, yeah, it was that weird thing. Yeah, I didn't look. <laughs> I did this time. You just rushed to a snap judgment about it without looking at it. Yeah, because it's the one that sounded like Flemoculus. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like one of those curatorial um, blogs that really just points you in the direction of interesting things on the web. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's quite Like great. us. <laughs> like us. Famoculus. Why don't you write about us? Um, anyway, this is something I found through there uh, that kicks off June the 1st. It's a project by David Lynch called Interview Project. The filmmaker and crew went out on a really long road trip around the U.S. and just did tons of interviews with regular people asking them questions about their hopes and dreams and life and and so on and apparently there are more than a hundred uh interviews there the little sort of trailer for it looked like it might be some pretty compelling stuff but then i also thought just from a broader point of view i wonder if there are enough filmmakers out there that are real auteurs that already have enough of a hardcore following that might attract Fans Maybe there'll of. be murders if it's David Lynch. <laughs> maybe there'll be murders. Murder in the heartland. <laughs> no, but I mean, maybe, you know, you could imagine filmmakers like David Lynch who have this hardcore following attracting people to not movies exactly, but looser sort of media yeah. formats because they don't really need anybody to market what they're doing because they're already you know, so known and have a hardcore people who either love or don't love them. And it made me think of, you know, all the other kinds of um, alternative marketing going on around now. You know, Michael Winterbottom and Steven Soderbergh are doing simultaneous releases of their movie, The Girlfriend Experience. Um, Yeah, but that's all about protecting them for piracy, isn't it? I'm sure that's a big part of it. But it's just pointing to people doing things that are outside of the regular format for marketing movies. Yeah. Well, I looked at it and I thought... Because it, it was da- basically what it is is David Lynch comes on and then he sort of talks about what it is and then it throws. This is what you saw too? Yeah, yeah. And then it throws to all these different individuals just sort of answering questions like you were saying like, what's the saddest thing that ever happened to me? And you know what it reminded me of? Like above and beyond that they were beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. You know, like in our days as broadcasters, you know when you'd be sent out to pick up streeters? Mm-hmm. That's what these looked like to me. Mm. It's like a series of streeters. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. As a broadcaster, and I'm sure that being a filmmaker, especially if you're out on the road like he is a lot, a lot of the moves, movies that he's made take mm-hmm. place on the road, you pick up a lot of extra things. And sometimes it's what ends up on the cutting room floor is really actually the sweetest part of what of the information mm-hmm. that you've gathered mm-hmm. that day. It's true. I thought it would be compelling and it would be interesting to see, because I do happen to really like David Lynch's work, but... It seems kind of, in a weird way, though, like a, a logical extension of Twitter hmm. and a lot of these other things when people want to talk about themselves. And other people seem to really want to listen. I I found it fascinating from what it says like about where we're at right now and where sort of like where technology is allowing us to maybe share some of these really intimate sad stories because it looked like they were all mostly sad stories or sort of bittersweet stories. It didn't sound like the first time I got drunk or got laid. No, they were more, they seemed more profound about kind of the meaning of life. The first life time you get drunk is very <laughs> profound and laid, excuse <laughs> No, but they seemed, they, did, and they seemed also to be kind of um, as though they were asking people the same questions, right? 
but you know, it's interesting you say that about Twitter because the thing that I thought of was that it was more of a return. Like it reminded me a bit of Walker Evans, you know, the idea of somebody traveling around America at this sort of point in its history when there's this incredible divide between rich and poor and so on and just documenting what people's lives are like, except in this case people are speaking for themselves about what their lives are like. But but that is an interesting, there is something quite Twitter-esque about it. That's true, actually. It's like Diane Arbus, only it's just now that technology will allow someone like David Lynch to share his outtakes, because you could be shooting a movie and then you're just at the same time, Mm -hmm. you ask these questions because you've got the equipment Mm -hmm. and they can do it. I guess we're going to be thinking very differently because, like, if we're going to spend all your time watching David Lynch interview people all over the place and it's got no narrative thread, it will change how we absorb stories. There won't be large arcs or narratives. I think there's already a huge amount of that going on. I mean, whether that's because of the way we read stuff online, I think we are really starting to lose our appetite for a long, linear, sustained Narrative. God, don't say that. I'm working on this <laughs> fucking novel. It's killing me. It's like been three three years. Or maybe <laughs> we're waiting for the next great long linear narrative. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you know, know what I mean. I think I think that it is fraying around the edges as people start to acquire an appetite <laughs> for. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. This is an honest question. I'd love to hear from you folks as well. Hello, hello. Do you? get as much from watching an hour, two hours online of David Lynch asking people about a whole broad cross-section of people across you know, the United States. What was your first experience with that? Is that more satisfying than Kill Bill? No. <laughs> or just, or reading a John Irving novel? Or, yeah. yeah. It's a good question, but I think it's different, and I think it really does, it gets back to that conversation that we had about what is art online and Darren Barefoot's thing about that and about the the repetition of individual stories where you can do that online because you don't have the limitations of storage, right? You can have a hundred interviews, which nobody's going to read a book of a hundred interviews back to back. I think yeah, it's, it's almost like America's well with that medium. Funniest home videos, but America's most you know profound, intimate, personal moments shot by an auteur. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, I'm very curious I saw, to see what it's, uh, yeah. like it's launches on I'll June watch 1st. it. I, I put my email on it to see. So anyway, while I was on that <laughs> I saw something absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it made me insane, right? Insane. I'm just going to, it's short, so I'm just going to read it, even though Nora always gives me heck when I read. It says, what's Twitter doing? Going after a TV series. The San Francisco-based web phenom has partnered with Revi and Brillstein Entertainment to develop an unscripted TV scheme, whatever that means. It's Variety that you're getting this from. Yeah, yeah, from Variety.com, so I'm not making it up, and neither did Flamoculus. And it's described <laughs> as putting ordinary people on the trail of celebrities in a revolutionary competitive format. What's that show you watch all the time? The Great Race? The Amazing Race? The Amazing Race? I don't watch it. <laughs> you're hooked on it. it. No, I haven't seen it in like... A year and a half or something. You were. She too was. busy on Twitter. I, <laughs> you're too busy like contacting David Lynch. Can I tell you when I first experienced that? But yeah, can you believe that? And they've even got Amy Efron is writing it. So that's Nora Efron's sister. Mm. I have to admit, I sort of saw little squibs about that. And I, I thought, that can't be right. It's got to be a prank. Because it seems like a really, really 
boneheaded way to mess with the brand to me. Like why? I know. Well, what are they going to do? That just seems like such an obvious jump the shark kind of moment. I, I, was, yeah. I was actually quite shocked that they were doing that. What are they going to do? Have a camera over somebody's shoulder as they type things into Twitter <laughs> trying to stalk a celebrity? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is it Twitter on TV or is it like an? an well, it must be. Why yeah, they're chasing celebrities. It's, I think it's going to be whoever you know manages to end up at Ashton Kushner or whatever <laughs> Demi Moore's house first wins. That is just a bad idea. That's really bad. And everybody who thinks that Twitter is stupid is now going to think Twitter is really stupid. Really stupid. But I have to say, I, I don't uh, follow celebrities on Twitter, but I am following one who Elizabeth Taylor. Really? I, I mean, it's John Elizabeth Cleese. Taylor. So what does she say? From all I can tell so far, all she does is say, at Kathy Ireland, various things. At Kathy Ireland. She's communicating heavily with Kathy Ireland. Who's Kathy Ireland again? I know that name. I, uh, is she a psychic? I don't think so. I think does she's she sell makeup? I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, Elizabeth Taylor, that's kind of cool. But oh, it's probably her dog that's typing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, follow well. Elizabeth's dog. That's true. You should follow my dog. <laughs> Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more. The sniffer.net. Bye. Bye.